This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. And I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Let the chisme begin. Voy a cuidar mi casa. Voy a limpiarla toda. Voy a cambiar el foco, verlo de otra manera. Voy a adorarme tanto mucho ahora que lo sé. Tú no supiste quererme así que yo me voy a querer. This week's guest is someone I've always wanted to talk to, so I'm really glad that you brought Julieta Venegas in to have a conversation. Oh my God, Felix, it was such a dream talking to her. But you know, it's hard to believe that her first album came out in 1997. I can't even fathom that. Yeah. That first album basically puts her in the context of the earliest days of Latin alternative music when it was transitioning from what used to be known as rock and espanol and began incorporating more elements of pop, which she does really well. Oh, that's what I love about her because she's pop, but she has that rockera soul. Todo lo que se abrió cuando nos vimos Cada letra en nuestra historia quedará Estoy segura, no te olvidaré jamás That's why I'm not mad that you went out and did this interview with, <laughs> with Juli- Okay, I'm glad okay. because, you know, I was like, ask for forgiveness, right? Okay, let's dig into this wide-ranging, great conversation with Julieta Venegas in which she talks about her inspirations, her latest album, Tu Historia, And about that word, pioneer. I wouldn't call myself a pioneer. And I guess, in a way, all women have to be pioneers in one sense or another, because generationally, I think that we've had to break certain rules to be able to do anything that is outside of what is expected of us, I suppose. I wouldn't say that my mother and my grandmother were able to do that, because they, I mean, they have a a lot of kids. My mom has a lot of kids. Well, we're not kids anymore, but she worked with my dad a lot. And and in certain ways, she wasn't the typical Mexican mom who would like, you know, sacrifice herself at home. She worked a lot with my dad and we were basically being taken care of other people. And she doesn't like to cook. So that makes her, you know, not so much of a traditional Mexican mom, which is kind of cool. I like that because her, her love is shown in other ways. So that's cool. I think being a woman and a pioneer, you have to sort of uh, express yourself the way that you feel is right and not so much what you think other people think is right. Because as women, I think we're always being expected to do things that maybe go against what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Was that something growing up that you noticed about your mom? Like, oh, she's not your typical Mexican mom in the way that she shows love. No, I think it must have been that we're from Tijuana and her and her sisters and everybody in my mom's family were just working at factories it worked anywhere where, where it was possible to work and no I didn't actually think about that at that point and I just came to that reflection now that you asked me about pioneering which I don't know sounds kind of heroic in a way and it's not really like that I don't know mm-hmm. it's different <laughs> the way that you write 
and and the way that you write love and with such vivid kind of lyricism and and there's a certain intensity it hits you right in the heart do you feel like that's something that you learned from the women in your family well no what I definitely learned from the women in my family is uh, enjoying music in a very uh, everyday life sort of way it's like it's part of our life you know it's part of our life my mom and her sisters would like when we had like um, parties or anything that we got together with the family they would just you know bring out the guitar all the time and I think my relationship to music has to do with the way my mom listens to it she just sings it all the time mm-hmm. she's singing and she's she has a radio on and if we were in a freeway going you know on vacation it'd all be music all the time at home mm-hmm. everywhere it's like music is all over the place so in that sense she doesn't write music and she likes to play the guitar sometimes but it's more the way uh, I think the way that I listen to music that Mm -hmm. they taught me you know the fact that I like to live with it all the time that it's part of my life and that I'm I'm a fan of music before I am a maker of music Mm. how do you feel like that's translated into the way that you then write music I try to tell my story in my music not just in the sense as you said like lyrically not just what I'm talking about in songs but also you know what sound I'm going to give it or what which way it's going to go I, I feel like there's a difference between what you intuitively feel which is maybe something that I that I was you know born into with my family and everything and also the, the music that I think I identify with so it's kind of like it all comes together into different influences so I love to put like Mexican accordion and I love to put my synthesizers and I love to kind of mix it all together and say this is this sounds natural to me you know yeah Deja tu pasado ser parte de ti Lleva con orgullo tus errores No dejes que nunca se olvide el pasado Nunca lo ignores Lleva contigo eso que fuiste Y abrázalo bien No dejes que nunca se olvide tu historia Is there something about this moment in your life that made you decide to kind of really reflect on some of your own personal story and and, and put that into this album? Yeah, definitely. I think to call it tu historia, your story, is a way of saying that maybe, I mean, that song is about somebody who's who's been hurt in a story, in a love story or whatever, and, and she wants to forget everything that just happened. And I'm just saying, like, we shouldn't forget and, and try to erase what we've lived through, even if it's been painful, maybe, maybe even if it's if it's not been like the best choice. I think that is what makes us. And it, I go back to what we were talking in the beginning, that being a woman, sometimes people tell your story for you. You don't tell it yourself. And it's it's been the tradition of women being narrated by men. And I think it's sort of also like a, to assert yourself and say, this is my story, you know, it's it, own it. Because I think that also one thing that as women, as Latin women and Mexican women, we tend to feel that it's shameful to not be part of what people expect from us. So I think it's kind of cool to just say, this is my story, you know.
And then what are you ultimately trying to do with that storytelling? Just harness your own power to be able to tell, like to control your own narrative? Or is there something more that you're trying to say to people who are listening, to people who are hearing your story? I think all music is just expression and I'm just trying to express myself, trying to express what I feel, I guess trying to explain to myself also what I feel, you know, because that's what songwriting does for me. I, I sometimes feel that I need to sit down and just write a song and that tells, that kind of helps me understand certain things, you know, yeah. like there's one called La Nostalgia, which was, that was actually the first song that I wrote when I started writing this album, which I didn't know was an album when I was writing yeah. it. Te veo llorando. Por el lugar que tú decías, nunca extrañarías de ningún modo. Nunca me verán vertiendo lágrimas por este lugar. Te veo cantando una vieja melodía, una que entonaste en otra vida. Esto borraré de mi memoria, lo arranco. De mi corazón, no te habías dado cuenta. La nostalgia sigue ahí, vive en ti, escondida en tu memoria. La nostalgia sigue ahí, vive en ti, déjala vivir porque es It's about how sometimes we think it's not so great to feel sadness of the places that we can't be in or the places that we can't go back to, even if that means going back to who we were at a certain point of life. Because sometimes, you know, when we feel sad about something, about someone that we don't see anymore, it's also the way we were in that time. Because we change all the time. And sometimes we look back and we say, oh, I was different then, you know? Yeah. And so this song is, is about not feeling bad about that. That's part of who we are, you know? Feeling that sort of pinch in your test is also part of life you know to know that there's things because that's life you know to leave things behind but to also not forget about them Do you feel like you are a person who tends to live with a lot of nostalgia about your life? No, not at all. I think it's more like a therapeutic thing for me to write these songs. But at the same time, I feel like there's something about that that has to do with many mixture of feelings that, that, that are mixed into, into, I don't know, like, oh, that was painful. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Or maybe that was not so great. And maybe I should just leave it behind. And I'm kind of practicing the idea of not, you know, scratching things at all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I was curious, like, about your process, if you were more writing these songs to to relive something or to kind of repurpose a lesson that you learned in your life or like were you wanting to have some of these moments back again or just use them as as fuel for saying something well I don't think I ever use anything to write it's yeah. it's more like I work with feelings a lot and and that's kind of weird because 
when I feel something, I feel like like I need to express it. And I'm not into like I've never been very nostalgic at all. I'm, I'm always looking ahead and always thinking like in the present. I think the yeah. best time of life is always the present. It's a beautiful gift. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a, I think so. When when you get too stuck in the past, it's also fantasizing and idealizing certain yeah. things that you've lived through. Yeah. But there's a difference with that and just making it a part of yourself, you know, and just saying like this is who I am at this moment, and that has to do with everything that I've lived. You know, the experience maybe call it experience, call it memories or call it whatever. But it's not only about thinking about the past. It's about right. thinking about the present. How do you construct in the present? And that, I think it's just everything that we've been through, you know? Yeah. And you've always been like that. You've always been able to just sit in the present because that is like a beautiful skill. And also, I think something that especially artists, I feel like oftentimes do tend to live more in the past than in the... You think? I don't know. I feel like there's something really romantic maybe about living in the past sometimes. Yeah, I think it is. But I've always been like this. And yeah. and I think that the being creative also makes you stay in the present very much. Mm. So I would be surprised if, if a lot of artists live in the past because I think yeah. um, to be artistically active, you need to be in the present. You need to feel st stimulus from the present and right. to feel who you are each time because if not what you're rewriting the songs you already wrote I mean right because I've always thought of songs like little portraits of different moments you know and 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 in that sense I never look back at what I've done I never think about it I don't listen to it when I'm done with a record it's like that's it I'm done yeah I don't get home and because I feel like it's looking at your pictures you know it's like looking at yourself in the mirror like yeah this is what I've done and what what would I change I can't I can't just listen to it and say yeah and besides I don't think it's very interesting to listen to myself <laughs> I'd rather just like start. You're like, you know, we already did that. Yeah, we did that a lot. And, and also I did that a lot during the process of the album. Mm. It was really hard to finish it. We finished most of the album in March in 2021. And then we had to wait eight months to be able to record the 15th string section that is in most of the album. so much in the present and like like you said so beautifully you, you see your music almost as like picture snapshots of moments which is exactly what I think of when I listen to you like did that feel weird to you to have it dragged out so long where you're like I've moved on I'm now this person but this is a reflection of where I was when I was writing this it's really funny because I felt like something was unsolved about it mm. I did feel like okay I'm done with it you know that's it but at the same time it was in a sort of limbo because I hadn't been able to release it and and then now when it when it was finally released in November I felt like ah oh. in, in a way I thought I'm, I'm just not gonna think about this but when it was finally released I did feel like relieved you yeah. know I was like oh Okay, so now I'm really done with this album. We'll be right back to my conversation with Julieta Venegas.
This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. When you book through Capital One Travel using the Venture X Card, you earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights, and you earn unlimited 2x miles on all other purchases. Plus, receive a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Lagunitas Brewing Company. Since 1993, Lagunitas has been challenging the status quo, brewing innovative beer, and crafting stories along the way. Featuring a wide range of craft brews, cult classics, and non-alcoholic options, there's a seat at the bar for everyone. Bring the dog, too. Lagunitas Brewing Company. Because every great song deserves a great beer. It's good to have friends. Learn more at Lagunitas.com. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. Like, not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. <laughs> dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back to my conversation with Julieta Venegas. Do you feel like something about the slowness of the process of how it all came together made you more reflective in the album itself? Yes, I think it made, I mean, not in the writing itself, but definitely in the process of making it because I felt like it's okay for it to take time. When they come out, it's like you bring out something that's not like, oh, that song that I just wrote like two minutes ago and I had to record it. It's more like when the feeling is real, it doesn't matter if it takes time, you know, it's there. It's still very much alive. And now that it came out and I felt people's reaction, I just felt like, wow, it was, this album's actually great that we worked on it so much that it was, you know, it took its time, but it's there now, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like Julieta in the past, like way long, many albums ago would have felt that way about? No, I probably would have been like super anxious and just like, <laughs> oh, we need to release it. And I, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have done something crazy just to get the album <laughs> done, you know, like, I don't care. Just, you know, put in, you know, like let the strings record on their own from their houses and we can just like put it together yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. Would have come up with something. But now it's like, I just felt there wasn't a hurry. I mean, I, I don't like to say like, oh, but yeah, it was just music. At that point, it was like, just, just music. It's, it's going to come out anyway. It's not going to, you know, it's fine. Let's just wait, you know. Obviously, the way that you tell stories and the way that you work with your lyrics to do that has evolved a lot over your career. But I'm specifically interested in the last work that you released, the last album, was so specifically tied to storytelling in, in a different way. And that you were playing even with like medium and playing with acting and all of these different things. Do you feel like your experience there and the way that you storytell there has impacted how you now tell stories on this on this record as a songwriter when I write a song maybe it, it is more directly about something that I'm feeling something that I'm going through something that somebody went through it's very much direct you know feeling
after a while, those songs maybe change, you know, they change their position in my mind or in my feelings or whatever. So as a singer, and I think, I think it's taken me a really long time to consider myself a singer and to enjoy myself as a singer because I didn't start as a singer. I started as a songwriter. Yeah. I started as a keyboard player, as an instrumentalist. So it was, it took a really long time for me to say, wow, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. I'm enjoying this moment with singing, you know? I was always worried, like, oh my God, my, 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 my voice, oh my God, I don't know. And now it's like, I just really enjoy just being there and singing to people, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like that piece of it, like the way that singing, the way that interacting with people you're singing with, that has impacted how you see your own music, how you write? I don't think so because every time I write, it's like it's like a different. It's like going to a blank slate, you know. It's like I just sit down and it's like I forget everything that I've done or where I've been, and it's all about that moment of writing that song, you know, that story. And right now, when I'm thinking about the show, maybe I am thinking more theatrically, you know. Mm-hmm. But when I write, it's just such a little bubble of just expression that I don't really think I, I don't like to think it too much when I'm writing I just like it to come out and just let it be you know and sometimes you know terrible things you know something that are that aren't really that great or won't survive like the first listen but I need to express them and I and that's something that I've done for a long time because I feel that if I think about it too much I'm probably going to be stuck trying to write the first song because I just can't you know I can't relax and just enjoy right. the process you know wow there's so much to be learned from you I'm like the way you're just like yeah I don't know it comes out sometimes it's good sometimes it's not and I just live in the present and I'm like taking notes (laughs) do you feel like having been someone who has has been in the industry as long as you have who has seen an evolution I think of a lot of like Mexican vocalists a lot of women come up in the space where do you see yourself in all of that and and how do you see it evolving well, I definitely think that women's participation as composers has become, has enriched like music in general. It, it's it's made it much more interesting than maybe when I put my first records out and it was like just a few women around, mostly, I mean, maybe part of bands or maybe, I don't know, in Mexico at least, like pop music was very like kind of the cliche of the, you know, sort of like, it wasn't about women's creativeness. It was more like how women were perceived, you know, maybe to be a pop uh, singer, you had to be, to look a certain way, maybe you had to sing a certain way. And now it's like, I feel it's just changed so much. It's really cool to see the different personalities of women. There's like the super experimental ones who really don't care how they look. Um, there's like the super trap artists who have the nails and the sexiness. And there's like other people, other pop singers who write their songs, but they look incredible and they just kind of dance incredibly. So that's it's like so many it's much richer, you know, because women are deciding how they want to show themselves. That in itself makes everything much more fun. You know, it's it's more about who's a who I mean who's on stage is the one who's deciding how she wants to do it. And that's that makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah. So you're obviously a, a mom and you have a daughter who you maybe are teaching to tell stories or are teaching how to communicate love or whatever it might be. Like, do you feel as though something about how you've been, your music has been evolving, like that's impacted the way that you teach her how to tell stories or how to express herself? I think it's more the existential side of my life that has changed so much and how I communicate with her maybe does 
kind of, you know, come into my music or whatever. But I think it's just that I've realized that there are more important things than music. You know, I feel, I mean, I love music and I don't think I could live without it. And that's some conversation that I have with her all the time. Like, you have to understand that I need to express this. I can't be the mom who is with you always because I need to play music and that sometimes takes me away and that's kind of tough for both of us but at the same time it's like I'm like this is the mom that you got and I can't fake being somebody I'm not to and and be unhappy so it's just a balance I mean I I think what having a daughter really has taught me is just to find the balance like I want to be there for her because I don't want her to grow up without me. And, and and at the same time, every time I see her, it's like if I leave for a few weeks, I go, go back and she's bigger. Yeah. And I don't like that. You know, I, I like yeah. to be in the whole process. And also I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy being a mom. I enjoy taking her to school. I enjoy making her, you know, her lunch. I love everything. And just hanging out with her and, and helping her with homework and helping her with tests, everything. I just love it. And at the same time, I love being, you know, I love doing music. So it's yeah. kind of, you know, you yeah. have to be like in both places. Sort yeah. Of. How does she feel about your music? Well, she used to be very, very mad about it. Yeah. She didn't like it so much. She was very jealous. It, it was like a, like the other. Yeah. Like, the other kid. That, the other kid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was like yeah. jealousy of a kid. It wasn't even. And it's funny because it's not like it's anything concrete. It's just like the fact. And so. She wouldn't even like it if I played the piano. She was very mad about it. And, wow. I, and so, you know, now that she's growing up, now we were able to talk about it more. And she definitely likes it when I play. And she's actually started taking piano lessons also. So it's all just being there and, and understanding how for her it's been like, you know, I'm just like, you know what? I know it's tough, but here I am. You know, it's not like there's anything that's going to separate us. So it's just, yeah. you know, just hang on. It's going to get easier, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like... A lot of dialogue, I guess, yeah. a lot of talk. We talk yeah. a lot. And that's very important, you know, to just talk. Because I don't want her... I mean, she loves music. She's crazy about music. It's like, I don't think I've known I'm, that many people who listen to as much music as she does. And also, she's a Spotify generation. She yeah. doesn't even listen to records. I mean, she's listened to, like, a couple of records of people that she likes. But because I I, I brought her the vinyl, like, yeah. look, this is a whole album of the person you've been listening to for the last oh three years. Oh, my God. You know? And like, <laughs> So it's really cool, you know, that it's just teaching her those things also. But at the same time, it's like she has her own relationship with music, which is pretty amazing. And yeah. she has a great taste. So I'm I'm like, respect, girl. I mean, it's just <laughs> like, you know, she's cool. It's going to be fine. You're you know? like, wait, is she have... Does she have cooler taste in music she than does. I do? Yeah, yeah she, she does. does. She doesn't like pop or she definitely doesn't like trap or urban. Really? I mean, I'm all like dancing way to be rap and she's like, oh my God, be rap. <laughs> She'll be like, all right, okay. She's too cool. She's, she's like, just too no. cool. And she's not faking it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, I see what she listens to and it's all like Japanese glitch and I don't know. Yeah. She's all over the place. It's like amazing. Wow. And does she see that you're prioritizing things different in your life now? Like, does she see that you're seeing the value of things other than music? Well, no, because she was born into it. I mean, I think when she was born is when everything changed. Yeah. So I don't think it's easy for her to see the difference at all. I yeah. mean, no, I don't think I've ever talked to her about what I was before she was born. I mean, not like before you were born, I would be on tour for like seven months, you know, like. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter, I guess. It's more like how things happen between us and just being with her and just being, you know, for her knowing that I'm there, yeah. I think is the most important thing. Ana, you know that as a parent, 
I always enjoy hearing other people talk about their children and that last little bit of her and her relationship with her daughter and the thing that, you know, maybe her daughter's music is cooler than what she's listening to, I totally relate. You know, Felix, as not a parent, I also love listening to people talk about their kids because the thing is, is you could be sitting there with Julieta Venegas, you could be sitting there with you, you could be sitting there with anyone, and no matter what, no one ever feels like they're cooler than their kid. No matter what. <laughs> so whoever, I don't care who it is, their kid has always got better, artistic talent, whatever it might be. They're just always so proud to see, I don't know, like the little human beings that their kids become. And that was a great place to bring the interview to a close and a great place to reflect back on who Julieta Venegas is as an artist, as a person, as a mom, as a person in the world. It was a great interview. Latino is a production of NPR Music. Our editor is Hazel Sills. The person who keeps it all running is Grace Chung. Our interns are Pilar Galvan and Sofia Seidel. And our production assistant, Jerusalem Truth. I'm Felix Contreras. I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Thank you for listening. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. Support for NPR and the following message come from Bombas. Bombas makes absurdly soft socks, underwear, and T-shirts. And for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com NPR and use code NPR. Do you ever wish you could get your stories in three hours rather than three minutes? Or maybe you're sick of doom scrolling, getting your news in bits and pieces. That is where Embedded comes in. We bring you documentary series that will change the way you think about things. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.